Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today as my co-host is the godfather of Football Garbage Time, Scott King. How's it going, Scott? And uh, me talking to myself. I do a lot of talking to myself anyway. You guys get to see it live on air. So kudos to you getting a little bit of that at the beginning of the show. Hey, anyway, Scott, welcome on. Hey, listen, we don't have any NFL coming up this weekend per se, but we do have the Reese's Senior Bowl and we do have the NFL Pro Bowl still game. You watching any of that stuff this weekend? Um, I, I like to watch the coverage of the practices more so than, than the actual game itself. I think the NFL Network does a good job of covering what happens at the practice. I think that's pretty telling. And then for all the NASCAR fans out there, we're there'll be cars driving in circles this weekend. <laughs> that's right. There will be. That's a good point. It doesn't have to be NFL. There is a lot of other stuff going on. Um, all right. So as I mentioned previously, though, we are going to talk about the NFL head coach hiring. We're going to talk away about some takeaway. We talk about some takeaways from the AFC and NFC conference championship game, and our preview and prediction of Super Bowl Fifty Eight. We will not be doing our prop bet today. That will be next week. Next week we'll do our annual prop bet picks for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. So that's going to be fun. But let's go ahead and get rolling because we got so much to cover here. I'm sure everybody was really sick of the uh, the music I was playing there, our theme music, <laughs> since I was kind of playing that for like the last five minutes as I was uh, fiddling around with making sure our our uh, audio board was working. So that that was always that's always fun stuff. Um, hey, let's talk about some head coaches, shall we? Let's talk about the fact that all the open head coaching positions are now filled. Of course, we knew that uh, before yesterday, the Chargers had Jim Harbaugh, the Raiders had Antonio Pierce. Patriots, Jared Mayo, Titans, Brian Callahan. The Panthers had Dave Canales, and the Falcons had Raheem Morris. And the Seahawks had Mike McDonald. And, of course, just today, the Commanders hired Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as their new head coach. So uh, we had put this out to all you folks out there in Twitterland, Xland, whatever you want to call it, and uh, had a poll on this. And 47% said that the next head coach of the Commanders should not be Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. 17% said Mike Vrabel. I said Bill Belichick. 36% said Mike Vrabel. So I guess the commanders listened to y'all because they all they decided to go with somebody other than those two. So what do you think here? Let's first talk about Dan Quinn to the uh, to the commanders. And then I want to ask you, uh, Scott, about these head coaches and which one you think is the best fit. But let's talk about Dan Quinn first. What do you think about Dan Quinn as the head coach for the commanders? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, I, I think what's, as interesting is is who didn't get head coaching slots. Yeah, the of course. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn out of Detroit was was a hot pick. So that's yeah. kind of the interesting part. I mean, Dan Quinn, he's been around. You know, kind of a known quantity. Um, good, good core. I think he's probably one of the best coordinators in the league. Um, yeah. You know, head coach. We'll see. I, I mean, it's a it's a it's a roster that needs a lot of help. Um, so we'll see what he can do with it. I mean, he's, he's not an offensive coach and they need help on the offense. So 
I think it's fine, but is this another situation with a coordinator who's better at being a coordinator than a head coach? Yeah, yeah, and of course we all know that um, he had a, he had his five year stint uh, at the Atlanta Falcons as a head coach there, and um, you know it's it was it was uh, I don't know what you call uh, inauspicious <laughs> timing, but yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's been always a defensive defensive minded coach uh, throughout his time. So I, I I agree. This will be interesting to see what happens. Clearly, the Washington Commanders need a lot of help on defense. Um, they have been they had all the right players, but all the wrong stats. Is the way I like to see it because honestly, it was it was absolutely crazy how you could have players like Montez Sweat and you know just like just an amazing core of defensive players and not be good at it, like absolutely be absolutely just terrible. Um, so this will be a big rebuilding time for them. Obviously, Dan Quinn has a lot in front of him in order to get the in order to get to where he needs to get to. But um, you know, I, I think this is a, a positive move for them. I mean, certainly. Um, but maybe it's, it's certainly a positive move from Rivera, who I like a lot. Um, but I think that he's kind of ran, had run his course there in Washington. So let's talk about the rest of these these uh, head coaches here. Which one of these pop out at you as a particularly good fit? And just as a reminder to all the folks out there in Radio Land, the Chargers have Jim Harbaugh, Raiders, Antonio Pierce, Patriots, Jared Mayo, the Titans, Brian Callahan, Panthers, Dave Canales, the Falcons, Raheem Morris. Seahawks, Mike McDonald. Any of those jump out at you as a particularly good fit? I, I think the one that interests me is is the one right here in my backyard with Raheem Morris. Right, he had mm. um, he had kind of a strange head coaching run there in Tampa. He was the coach, and then all of a sudden it was almost like this sort of mutual agreement stepped down, so um, they could move on from him, and that that was. Right, you know, more than a decade ago, and the fact that the Falcons interviewed Belichick twice, Harbaugh twice, yeah, you know, some of these bigger names, and then ended up going the Raheem Morris route is interesting. He was here um, just a couple years ago, D coordinator, kind of took over as in from for a little bit. So, I, I mean, I think he's a fine coach. He, he's he's you know probably one of these coordinators that got an opportunity to be a head coach too young and had mm-hmm. to go back to the drawing board for about 10 years. So I think it's interesting. We'll see how he does, but you know, the fact that Atlanta had some of these other big names and, and went the Raheem Morris route is, is really interesting to me. So I've got some hope Atlanta has good talent. They just don't have a quarterback. So if he can get a quarterback, right. this is a, it's a 10 win team that can has a, a very winnable division. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. I think that that is definitely right. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of works. Cause there's a lot of talent. As you say, there's a lot of talent on that team, just not at the quarterback position. So this will be a big move for them if they can get a quarterback in the off season. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now let's turn to those guys. Cause you mentioned this. Cause I, I, I do think that if, if I think that Harbaugh, you know, if they, they get, if they offered him, uh, I think they offered him. I would be wouldn't be surprised if he turned down the op- the opportunity to go to Atlanta. Um, I, I don't see that as I think he could pick wherever he wanted to go. Belichick is the interesting one for me because uh, I think the Falcons are the only ones who interviewed him twice. They might have been the only ones who interviewed him. Um, so that's, right. that's kind of a, an interesting place to be for Bill Belichick. I guess he is probably going to be on ESPN <laughs> or on CBS or something right. next year. 
I assume. So it'll be interesting to see that. I, I did not expect that. I expected that Bill Belichick would have been picked up by one of these open positions at some point. Uh, I understand he's had a little slide in, in New England, but his record is um, is amazing. And you would think that one of these teams who were desperate for a, a change wouldn't mind rolling with him for a couple of years to see what he could do with their uh, with the pieces they had. Uh, so interesting to see what, what I happens liked there. About, yep. Just real quick on the Atlanta one, um, you know, he's 15 short of Shula, and Atlanta is a very easily win-now team. Like, I thought that was going to be the fit because he could come in and two years pick up his 15 wins and, and then, you know, see where it yeah. goes. No, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, but unfortunately, that's not what the Falcons wanted. So <laughs> that's how yeah. it all kind of came to pass. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and hit the uh, boxing bell on this one, and let's talk about the next two things really quick. Because I do want to move on to Super Bowl 58 in short order. But let's talk about our takeaways from the AFC and the NFC championship games. Because these were interesting games to me in, in many, many ways. Obviously, you had a dog in the fight with the uh, – with the Lions, a very interesting way that went. Of course, the Ravens and Chiefs went a different way as well. But let's talk about the AFC first. Chiefs at Ravens, they end up winning 17-10. to 10. Um, Very low-scoring game. What's your takeaway here from the Chiefs at Ravens? Yeah, that game to me was kind of odd. I, I just felt like Baltimore just didn't seem like they had a plan. Like, they, right. they just seemed like they – they weren't committed to the run game. They they were, you know, running running randomly, throwing. It, it just it seemed like a really, I don't know, poor game plan going into oh, it. And I just never absolutely. felt like their offense got any sort of rhythm. I mean, it, the weather was bad. They're known for running. Like, why didn't they run the ball fifty times and and just you know make the Chiefs stop them that way? They only had. Uh, Gus Edwards, three rushes. Yep. Uh, Hill, Nate three. Flowers, two yep. rushes. I, I mean, it's just, it just, it was crazy. The, the, it just made no sense to me. And, and they just seemed lost the whole time. I mean, the game was nowhere near as close as that score. I mean, it was, a, no. it was clearly one-sided. Well, I mean, the crazy thing about it is that at the beginning, I thought, well, the Chiefs really kind of stepped it up. They're going to, they're going to blow this defense out of the water. But then the Baltimore Ravens kind of stepped up and they held them in the second half. Zero points for Kansas City in the second half. It's just that mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens couldn't get anything going. And I blame um, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Uh, and it's pretty much what you just said, uh, among a couple other things. I mean, they had a brilliant uh, adjustment against the Houston Texans, right? Because they were blitzing at a 75% rate, a ridiculously high rate. And they knew that was getting Delmar Jackson. So they had him speed up his delivery and his, and his time from uh, from time time to release went up from an average of 3.5 to 2.5. So they made him go faster. And actually, that was in line with what he did during the regular season. Lamar Jackson was the sixth fastest release time at 2.9 during the regular season. So it, it, it plays to his his uh, to some of his skill set there to have a fast release. Interestingly, though, as you said, I mean, the number one problem is it's criminal that they didn't run the ball more. I mean, if you look at what they, they – with just those 16 rushes, and that's eight of them being from Lamar Jackson, they average 5-point yards per carry, 5.1 yards per carry. How do you not continue to run the ball? And they are the number one run offense in the NFL. I mean, none of that makes any sense to me. 
Uh, particularly when you consider the fact that the Chiefs, if you look at their defense, are only 17th at defending the run, but they're fourth at defending the pass. So why not take advantage of that vulnerability, which was actually working? I think they got panicky and they decided to just start, yeah. you know, throwing the ball more. And what I what was really mind-boggling is that instead of making Lamar Jackson play to his strengths, you know, fast release, get it out to your fast receivers like Zay Flowers or even Nelson Aguilar or Mark Andrews or Isaiah Likely, instead of doing that, they had him go and 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 extend his drops. He had a majority of his drops were seven-step drops in the second half. That makes no sense because they were getting to him and he wasn't able to get find receivers, you know, he just wasn't able to find them. So that made no, that was absolutely the opposite of what they had to do. So that's why I, I blame the offensive coordinator. I blame Todd Munkin on that. And obviously Lamar Jackson did not step up in a big spot there. Uh, I don't put it entirely on him. And of course, Zay Flowers with the two boneheaded mistakes, the taunting penalty, and of course, fumbling mm-hmm. into the end zone was an absolute killer. They got to change that rule, by the way. Fumbling into the end zone should not be a touchback, is my opinion. But, I mean, that just seems, yeah, that was kind of, that was nuts. And Zay Flowers needs to grow up a little bit, too. Um, yeah. Anything else from this game before we move on to the next one? No, I think that I think that's, that hits it. Okay, so let's talk about the next game here, um, which I know you had a lot more invested in. So uh, I'm going to defer to you on some of the takeaways here, but Lions at 49ers. This was a really close game, but it was a tale of two halves. As we all know, the first half, of course, the Lions went up 24 to seven. And then in the second half, the 49ers uh, went up 27 to zero until the Lions put up a seven, a touchdown at the very end of the game um, with some questionable time management there. But anyway, let me ask you about some takeaways here. I'm sure you have plenty, but what are your takeaways from the game, Lions and 49ers? Yeah, we could do about six shows on this, but I, <laughs> I'll start I'll start by saying, you know, it was a clean game. There were five penalties, two sacks each, one turnover each. So this was not a sloppy game, and you kind of – it was probably about halftime where, where I, I looked at you know, the number of penalties and where things were at. So so it was a really kind of clean game in terms of it, it was not choppy. The teams were able to, to play and, and it, you know, not have the refs get in the way or anything. Right. But, you know, the Lions, their weakness is their defense, specifically their secondary. That's the biggest concern I've had all year going into this game. Right. And it, it's one of these where – it's just a matter of how long can they hold on. Every game is just how long can they hold on. They were terrible this season in the third quarter. I don't have the stats, but they have to be one of the worst teams in terms of giving up points in the third quarter. There's just mm-hmm. no way around it. And it was talked about over and over and over again. And, you know, the fourth downs, everybody wants to kill Dan Campbell. That's been his brand. I've said it from the first season. If this is what he's going to do and he's going to go forward on fourth down and he's going to be consistent, then I'll ride with it. And you're going to hit 50% of them or 40% of them. And so, you know, Reynolds was wide open on the fourth down, uh, you know, relatively wide open, right in the hands. That could have sealed the game. Then you have a ball that bounces off the defender's face yeah. directly to Brandon Luke. I mean, he'd be in better to just not even be in position. And right. then and then you follow that up with the Jameer Gibbs fumble. So 
yeah, the, the, the field goals would have been nice, but Bagley's not a great kicker. Campbell knows it. You know, I think he was looking at it in terms of you know, I'd be better off trying to get these fourth downs. The only thing that doesn't add up for me is when time was running out and they got into field goal range with three timeouts and like a minute and a half left, Right. they should have kicked the ball there because now you burn a timeout. Yeah. And your only hope is a is an onside kick, which collects at what, like 2%? Yeah. Since they changed good. the league rules. I mean, so look, they're a little bit ahead of schedule. Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn are coming back, which is just blows my mind. They have right. the sixth or seventh most cap room. And Brad Holmes has destroyed the draft every year. So, you know, hopefully this is a situation like, you know, San Francisco was there last year. They lost. They come back this year. They win. You know, dream scenario. The Lions are back here, and they learn from their mistakes. They shore up the secondary, and they win. So I'm I'm much calmer than I was the night of, for sure. <laughs> I can imagine that you were not calm at all uh, during the game. And, and just to, to back you up, in the third quarter in 2023, the Detroit Lions allowed the most points per in the third quarter of any team in there the NFL. Go. They averaged 6.9 points uh, per game in the third quarter, so they were really letting them score. <laughs> yep. No other team allowed more points in the third quarter than the Detroit Lions. So clearly um, a problem there. I and I you know I didn't hate on on the fourth down calls. Uh, I, I like it in terms of the numbers. I did question not going for it um, at the end of the first, uh, second quarter. Uh, I, I felt like yes. it is on brand to do that from the two yard line. I know you're up, you're up 14 and I understand you don't get the benefit of them being, you know, but they're back against the wall uh, on offense, but geez, you know, you got, you got Montgomery, you got Gibbs and, mm-hmm. and you got, you're ready to, you're going to, you can really just, just stick the dagger in and say, this is done, you know, and, and that was a big opportunity there to do that. It's a huge difference going up into the half 17 up and 21 up, I think. And um, I'm surprised that he didn't go for it (laughs) there, you know, ultimately, you know, even if he didn't get it, I guess it wouldn't have made a shift difference in the game, but, but I I still think that had he gotten that, that would have had a completely different feel and the momentum would have felt much more, it would have been much more difficult for the, for the 49ers to overcome that type of momentum, I think, just mentally. Uh, anyway, listen, I, obviously a fantastic year for the Detroit Lions, the probably the best year since, what, 1957? <laughs> so yep. there yep. you go. Uh, I'd say way ahead of schedule, and certainly everybody's rooting for the Lions to come back and, and uh, make this another run next year. So with that said, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the last topic for the night. And I'm going to hit the boxing bell on this so we can move on and talk about the uh, Super Bowl 58. And if you uh, give me a minute here, I'll go ahead and pull in our caller. Hey, caller, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. How you guys doing? Hey, is, that, is this Nas? Yeah, this is Nas, man. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for calling in. You got a question for us? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, good commentary on the Detroit situation. I think you guys were less emotional than a lot of people were this week. But uh, <laughs> what's, what's you guys' take on, on, on Bill uh, Belichick? Ultimately, do you think, like, some of this 
sports chatter where people are talking about maybe he lost a little bit or his age is a problem, or do you mm. just think he cast a really big shadow and people just didn't want to let him into their building and not give him, you know, extra power or anything else that he might have wanted? And I just you know, wanted to know what y'all thought about uh, us seeing the greatest coach of all time go through yeah. a cycle and not get hired. Yeah, I think they've got to be. Uh, I think they're going to need a year for everybody to clean out the taste of the last couple of years in New England. And I think that he's expecting to have some personnel ability. I think he needs to. I think you're absolutely right, Nas. He he wants to have more than just the coaching responsibility. He wants some say on personnel as well. And uh, I don't think that any organization wants to give that to him just walking in the door. Um, but you know, you give it a year, uh, people will start having bad years with their new coaches. Been with their old coaches, and uh, I think people are going to look back and say, "Remember that Bill Belichick uh, won a lot of uh, championships out there in New England, and had a lot of great years." Uh, and so I think that he'll have an opportunity coming up in the next year cycle if he doesn't find something in the front office someplace during the off season this time around. What do you think here, Scott? Yeah, I think I think what's going to be interesting for him is uh, he's going to want to opportunity where the team's going to win now, right? He's not going to Carolina with Bryce Young and say, hey, let's rebuild this over the next five years. He's, I think what he's going to look for next year is if um, Mike McCarthy gets let go in Dallas and he can step in with a, you know, a a very strong, you know, NFC championship level roster right away. So yeah, he'll go away, you know, the, the, um, the the best coach is the one that's on the sideline, not making any any bad calls, and everybody's mind will change. And then he's going to take a team where, you know, somebody falls short. I, I mean, I tell you what, Buffalo, how many more tries is McDermott going to get? Right, right, like, right. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but um, you know, next year he might be looking at Buffalo and Dallas and. You know, then he could step in and take somebody straight to the Super Bowl. Would, would be my right. kind of thought. Yeah, and and I think that part of the other problem is that Bill Belichick is not a personable uh, coach, right? He's not necessarily yeah. a player's coach. I mean, there, there was some a little bit of controversy this week as uh, Tom Brady Sr. had said made some comments about the fact that Bill Belichick is kind of a hard nosed individual that is not really. Uh, personable in terms of uh, being able to, to talk to his team, and he needs kind of an intermediary. And uh, obviously, Tom Brady Sr. says that's Tom Brady. Uh, but, you know, it's, and I don't, yeah. I don't think that's wrong, though. I do think he does need to have a system below him. I do think that he doesn't have terrific interpersonal skills with regard to uh, bringing the, the locker room up. You need somebody else there in between. Um, and that's something he's going to need in a, a really seasoned quarterback. I think, he's, I think that's what he's going to have to have. Um, but I agree. I think he wants to step into a situation where he can win. All right. Well, thanks so much for calling in here, Nas. Appreciate you listening and calling in. We always love you on the show. Thanks a lot, man. Y'all have a good one. Thanks. All right. So let's get back to Super Bowl 58. Man, can you believe there have been 58 of these things? It's unbelievable. All right. No. I, I actually, you know what? I know you can believe it because the last time the Lions won was 1957, which was almost 10 years before <laughs> Super Bowl won. So I know you can believe it. I, I, I know it's a silly question. I shouldn't have asked a Lions fan about that. Uh, all right. Kansas City Chiefs at San Francisco. Or actually, not at. Uh, let's say Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. Theoretically, theoretically, based on, on record, it would be at, but who cares? Because it will not matter. It's going to be Sunday, February 11th, 
at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. 49ers opened as two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's now moved to a two-point favorite, so there's obviously a lot of betting on the Chiefs. Over-under at 47-and-a-half. That's been stable all week. So give us your takeaways here, uh, Scott. What do you think are the keys for the Chiefs and the 49ers in Super Bowl 58? Yeah, I think it. for me it, it was um... – Spagnola and what he called against that Baltimore game, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier. And, I mean, he has that defense playing really well. And yeah. if you match that with um, with Mahomes and those guys on the offensive side, they're doing well. I mean, if you look at San Francisco, they were, they were beat by Green Bay and they couldn't close mm-hmm. it out. And they were beat right. by Detroit and they couldn't close yep. it out. Like, and not three points. You know they're down double digits to yeah two teams with you know significant issues. So you know it's a great story. San Francisco's got back. You know they kind of got shortchanged last year, but um, you know Shanahan's not known for coaching real well in the big games. He he potentially could have you know not made it back to the you know not made it to the Super Bowl. So. I'm going to mm-hmm. put it on the Chiefs' defense more so than the offense. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just can't go against Andy Reid and what he's yeah. been able to do there. It's crazy. Andy Reid has been something amazing. Um, and he's had such a great run with the Chiefs, and it's clear that a lot – and I put this out to a vote on uh, on Twitter, X, you know, earlier this week, and um, 80% of the people think that Andy Reid is responsible for their run right now, not not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a critical point part of this, but Andy Reid, I think everyone is 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 crediting him with having a great game plan, and he does a terrific job of playing against the team, scheming against teams. This is kind of the things that we used to say about Bill Belichick, actually, but uh, he does a great job of scheming against particular teams and taking exploiting their weaknesses. So interestingly, you you mentioned the the Forty Niners playing really close games, and actually, and I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, up until the comeback win against the Packers uh, two weeks ago, the 49ers were 0-29 when trailing by five points or more going into the fourth quarter under Shanahan. So they were not comeback kids. They could not do that. They're not. That's not how the team is built. Um, they're not meant for that. Uh, but in two games, they've managed to kind of do that. Now, they weren't trailing against the Lions in the fourth quarter, but it was about, it was about as close to trailing as you can get. <laughs> so... Um, you know, give them some credit for finding ways to come back, which is not part of their player scheme. I totally agree, though, that obviously Andy Reid is, is in tone of this, but the, Mahomes, Kelce, and Rashi Rice are probably the key for the Chiefs. The 49ers only rank 14th in pass defense, allowing 214.2 passing yards per game. Uh, Mahomes has the highest postseason QBR of any quarterback who played in playoffs this year at 90.2, and he's had zero interceptions. That is incredibly meaningful because in the regular season, the Kansas City Chiefs were tied for the fourth worst in turnover differential, minus 11. But in the postseason, they just haven't been giving up the ball, and they've been doing a good job of taking the ball away. Now, you contrast that with the 49ers, who had the fifth best turnover differential in the NFL during the regular season at plus 10. They're still taking care of the ball, but, you know, as we saw, Purdy can be intercepted, and there can be issues on the ground as well. So, we, you know, it can be impactful. On the other side, I do think Christian McCaffrey is the way that the 49ers can win, maybe the only way they can win, other than their defense stepping up and, and kind of stalling Mahomes and Kelce and Rice. But Christian McCaffrey is uh, obviously the the heart <laughs> and soul of that scoring 
offense. Uh, Chiefs allow 82.2 yards per game uh, to running back. I'm uh, sorry, 82.2 rush yards per game to opposing running backs, 4.47 yards per carry to opposing running backs, and 30.5 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs at 6.56 yards per reception and a 78.8% catch rate to opposing running backs. So the, I mean, that's everything that Christian McCaffrey is. <laughs> their, their weakness is exactly what Christian McCaffrey is. In the playoffs, CMC has the second most rush yards per game at 94, most rushing touchdowns at four, and most receiving yards per game of any running back at 36. So uh, that's the key, right? Christian McCaffrey gets going, they win this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Rice get going, and the Chiefs will win this game. What do you think? Yeah, I I totally agree. I think um, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of the defense. I think right. uh, there's a little bit of NFL script in here with the Swifties <laughs> and uh, Kelsey. So plenty, right, of, plenty right. of people do that. Don't don't cross the Swifties. Um, yeah, I hear. I hear the the rumor is that he will propose to her after winning the Super Bowl. That's in the script. So. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. If that happens, then I'm going to throw my arms up and say, what the heck are we doing watching this stupid sport? But, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. That would be crazy. Yeah, so so, so you, you think the Chiefs are going to take this? You know, I, and I, I have a hard time um, betting against the Chiefs here because they just have so much confidence in the playoffs, and they're a totally different team in the playoffs compared to the regular season. I almost believe this kind of sub – a lot of people were talking about why were they so bad in the end of the regular season. They were bored. They had nothing to prove. <laughs> they, they get to the postseason and they're all put into the challenge. You know, I think they were bored in the regular season, um, which is a weird thing to say. But, you know, Mahomes is now Mahomes again. But for a while, Kelce was, you know, under 20 yards a game and Mahomes was incredible, incredibly inaccurate. And suddenly they're just killing it. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they rise to the occasion. It's hard to bet against them. But I'm going to pick the 49ers here. I'm going to pick the 49ers on the wow. back of, as I said, Christian McCaffrey. Now, I can be easily proven wrong if Purdy decides to buckle under pressure because he played a terrible game against the Packers. And if he does that uh, against the uh, Chiefs, there will be no reprieve for him. So <laughs> we will see what happens there. But uh, it will be a close one. It will be a close one. And I, I don't even want the two points. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say win. Uh, I'll say money line here because I don't want to, I don't want to give the Chiefs any points <laughs> on this one. Yeah. All right. So what about the over and under? Because the over and under right now is sitting at uh, 47 and a half. What do you think you got an over and under on this one? Yeah, I mean, we're, weather's not a factor. You know, it's it's uh, indoors. I think I have to lean. I, I'd have to go over, but I'm not entirely confident. I mean, you're, you're looking at a 20, 28, 24. I mean, I guess that puts you over pretty well. So, yeah, yeah I think I think I'd look at the over on that one. I'm, I'd say probably twenty-eight, twenty-four-ish, twenty-seven, twenty-four yeah. feels about right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I like the over as well, but I, I'm honestly probably going to put together some sort of alternate um, total <laughs> parlay somewhere because I'm feeling a little safer because I, I just I've been bit so bad by this over/under business uh, in the postseason. Te- games that I think are going to stay low end up being shootouts, and games. I think we'll have a lot of fireworks end up being absolutely nothing. So um, I'm going to probably hedge my bets and say that the, I probably feel comfortable at like 42 and a half or something like that. But, um, you know, if I had to be 
but as a push to it, I, I take 40. I take the over on this as well. All right. Well, next week we are going to do our annual prop bet picks for the for the uh, Super Bowl. So that'll be nonsense prop bets as well as player prop bets and team prop bets. The whole thing. We do it every year. It's a whole lot of fun. It's great. Maybe I can try to get Joey Alibro to join us again because he usually does this with us. I know I, I can definitely get Ryan back on for this. You got to make it back on here, Scott, and it'll be really fun to yep. do those picks again. So we'll be doing that next week. We'll talk a little bit more about obviously injuries and some of the other things that all the key issues that are going to pop up for Super Bowl Fifty Eight, uh, and uh, it'll be fun. So that's it. We're at the end of the show. We're going to hit the air horn here and uh, save the rest for next time because we got a lot more to talk about. Hey, Scott, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, hit me up, uh, NFL Fantasy underscore more. Uh, obviously talking about the big game and NASCAR yeah. season heating up. So we'll be running some fantasy uh, DFS lineups here in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I like that. This, uh, and everybody, definitely follow um, Scott, but be, be aware, he will hit you back. So if you're gonna if you're gonna sound off, get ready to be sound off back too. All right. I mean that's the fun of it anyway, right? That's what you want. Anyway, um, you can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, or on the Football Garbage Time page on Facebook. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Enjoy the Senior Bowl. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see you next week before Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Anyway. <laughs>